Riddle me this, curious listener. Is it possible to deliver a baby in a toilet in the middle of the night so quietly that not one person, or canine for that matter, wakes up or hears a thing? Well, the criminal in this story wants you to believe just that. Not to mention a slew of other hard-to-believe details. Welcome back, or welcome to Corn Fed Killer, where we dissect all manner of Midwestern crimes and criminals. I'm your host, Michelle O'Dell. And I got to give a little shout out today. Today is my mama's birthday. So happy birthday, mom. I just got to say, I am so fortunate to have a relationship that is close with my mom and that I get to see her pretty much every day if I want. Um, And I got to celebrate with her for her birthday. I won't say her age because she probably wouldn't like that, but it's just awesome. And, you know, if you get a chance to be with your mom on her birthday, take that chance, call your mom, you know, don't miss out on those opportunities. So anyway, happy birthday, Ma. All right. So today's tale hails from Carlisle, Ohio. And I got to tell you, it is a doozy. It really is. As I mentioned in the intro, the case is full of details that seem impossible, even far-fetched. After researching this case and writing up my script for the podcast, and also talking with some of my family members about the case, I still don't know what I believe. Maybe y'all can help me figure that out. (laughs) You can help me figure this shit out. All right, let's get into it. So Carlisle, Ohio is a small town, a safe town. Um, At the time, it was like about 500 not 500, 5,000 people, Um, maybe a little more, a little less than that now. Um, But I imagine it's probably around the same size. It's a nice place to raise a family. Uh, Most people who grow up in Carlisle end up settling in Carlisle. So this is not unlike a thousand million, maybe not a million, but thousands of other small little Midwestern towns like mine. So it should come as no surprise to you that when a baby is found dead in a well-known and well-liked family's backyard, the citizens of Carlisle, Ohio are shook, shook to their core. And I do mean shook. I don't use it lightly. That's one of my, I'm going off on a tangent here again, but I just have to because it's one of my fucking pet peeves. Uh, the, the fact that kids these days, and I know that makes me sound fucking old, but whatever, um, use the word shook to describe, you know, oh, 
Kim Kardashian wore wore a, a one piece instead of a two piece. I was shook. Uh, the barista gave me a cappuccino instead of a latte. I was shook. No, no. You know, I know we all have our different slang in each generation, and that's cool. That's that's fine. But come on. You can't use shook like that, so fuck that. Anyway, all right. So, <laughs> sorry. So Kim and Scott Richardson and their two children, Jackson and Brooke, middle name Skylar, and Skylar is what Brooke went by. So that's what we're going to call her in this episode. They were, you know, the quintessential Midwestern family. They got along with their neighbors. They were active in their community. The kids were involved in sports at the local high school. Jackson played football and Skylar was a cheerleader. They live in a nice house in a quiet suburb. But as we all know, things are never as perfect as they seem from the outside. Skylar had a serious eating disorder. Her mother recalls that she first noticed that Skylar had an issue when she was about 12 years old and she wouldn't even chew a piece of gum because it had five calories. The disorder seemed to only get worse as she got older and especially when she got involved with cheerleading. As a flyer, in case you don't know, the flyers are the girls on the cheer squad who get thrown up in the air and they're the ones on top of the pyramids. Um, you know, they fly through the air. So, hence the name, right? So anyway, Skylar had to be light and easy to lift and catch. She became obsessed with her weight, meticulously counting calories and throwing up to lose weight. Her parents took her to doctors and therapists to try and help her work through the issues and, you know, to help her with this eating disorder. In July of 2016, the summer before Skylar's senior year of high school, she began dating a friend's cousin, a boy named Trey. But the relationship didn't last long after Skylar, Skylar began her senior year. And in January of 2017, she started dating a boy named Brandon. She seemed to really like him and they got along really well. Her parents noticed how happy she was and that she even seemed to be gaining weight. They said they were excited about it. They were, you know, glad she was gaining weight. They were hopeful that her eating disorder was under control. They said that she looked healthy. By April of 2017, it was apparent to her mom, Kim, that Skylar was smitten with Brandon and that the couple were getting really close, if you know what I mean. <laughs> So she decided that it was time that Skylar went on some birth control. So she makes an appointment for Skylar to see a gynecologist and she brings her daughter to the, her first gynecology appointment in late April, April 26th to be exact. And by this point, Skylar was 18. She had just turned 18. So her mother did not go back with her when she was called for her appointment. Kim recalls that Skylar was upset and had clearly been crying when she returned to the lobby after seeing the doctor. Well, Kim assumed that it was just because that this was Skylar's first appointment with the gyno and, 
you know, first appointments with gynecologists can be troubling, right? They can be overwhelming, a little traumatic even. Um, so she didn't think too much of it beyond that. Little did Kim know that Skylar had been crying because the doctor told her she was eight months pregnant. Yes, you heard that right. Not eight weeks, eight months pregnant. So clearly this was not her current boyfriend's child. Skylar asked the doctor not to tell her parents, and the doctor, of course, respected her wishes. She had to, right? So after the appointment, she directed her attention back to her boyfriend, Brandon, to cheerleading and the senior prom. She and her mother went dress shopping, and Skylar had her heart set on a red dress. She chooses a tight-fitting, strapless, mermaid-style dress. She looks stunning in it. Her mother notes how tight it fits Skylar and even sends her a text at some point telling her to watch what she eats so she can fit into her dress. Um, to that I say, what the fuck, mom? Uh, hello? No wonder she has an eating disorder. Why would you say that? Something like that, knowing that she has an eating disorder already what like what the fuck think all right you can see a picture of skylar in the dress on insta and i don't know if it's because i know she was prego when the photo was taken that i think you can tell that she's pregnant and i wonder why in the fuck no one else figured this out particularly her parents her mother on the other hand like I said, it may be that I think it's obvious because I already know. You know what I mean? How that, how that kind of stuff happens. So in any event, I invite you to look at the picture and draw your own conclusion. So prom night arrives, May 5th of 2017. Skylar looks gorgeous and her date looks handsome. They're, you know, a good looking couple. They go to the prom. It starts out fine. They're dancing. They're having fun. And then Skylar begins to feel cramps, bad cramps. She is in incredible pain. She tells Brandon, sorry, I had to get a drink there. She tells Brandon that she is experiencing the worst cramps of her life. The worst cramps she's ever felt in her life. Um, hello, this bitch is in labor. And yet she remains at motherfucking prom. Now, how is this possible? Curious listener, how in the hell is this possible? Labor is fucking horrific. It hurts like a, you know, mother trucker. <laughs> so how? How does she remain in a tight little dress, on the dance floor, in heels, pretending like it's good? I don't, you know, is she like superwoman or in such incredible denial? What, you know, what the hell? I, I don't know. So she actually stays at prom. The following night, though, Skyler gives birth to a baby girl on the toilet while her family sleeps. 
According to Schuyler, the baby just sort of slipped out and into the toilet, and the umbilical cord was not attached. Huh? I have two problems with this story. First, I have, four, I have had four children, and I can tell you, not a one just came out. It took a lot of work to get their little asses to sliver out of there. You know? Second, I'm not a doctor, and I don't know, but is it even possible for the umbilical cord to unattach from the fetus while in utero? I don't know. Maybe I'll know. If, if you do, let me know. So what does Skylar do next? Does she call for help? Does she go get her mom or call a friend or her boyfriend? No curious listener, she does not. Instead, she wraps her newborn daughter in a towel and silently walks downstairs and into the garage where she grabs a garden shovel and makes her way to the backyard. She digs a shallow grave and puts her baby in it, burying her in her own motherfucking backyard. Just a few hours later, she texts her boyfriend, Brandon, telling him that she just had the worst night of her life and that she will tell him about it later, but that she is feeling better and is so happy. Gross. Well, whatever she tells Brandon, it isn't the truth because she doesn't tell anybody what she has done for more than two months. She does, however, celebrate the fact that she has her flat stomach back. She sends her mom a text from the gym just a day or two after this with a picture of herself with her abdomen exposed saying, quote, my belly is back. I am so happy, end quote. She sends a similar text to Brandon, quote, I am literally speechless with how happy I am. My belly is back, end quote. This is sick. It's just sick. I don't care if the baby was indeed stillborn and that she never wanted a baby to begin with. She has no other concern or feeling except for what she fucking looks like. I mean, even if she didn't want she didn't want it. She fucking buried a baby, an infant, a newborn baby in her backyard. And all she's concerned about is how flat her stomach is? Like, what? This is all sorts of fucked up. You know, on the other hand, maybe she's just really good at compartmentalizing her feelings or putting on a front. I, I don't fucking know, but whatever the case, it I find it truly, truly disturbing. Disturbing. As aforementioned, after about two months, she does tell someone what she did. She tells the gynecologist, yes, the very same one who informed her that she was prego. I don't know for sure, curious listener, but I can only think of one reason why she would go back to the gynecologist, and that is that now that she's no longer pregnant, she definitely doesn't want it to happen again, 
So she's now ready to go on birth control. She's now ready to get on that birth control. Uh, of course, the doctor asks her, you know, what happened because she was pregnant. Now she's not. Um, so she tells the doctor that she gave birth to a dead baby and that she subsequently buried the body in the backyard. Well, the doctor, of course, has to report this to authorities. Has to. And on July 14th, 2017, Warren County Police knock on the Richardson's door. Police tell Scott Richardson, her dad, that they need to talk to Skylar about something that she may have witnessed. Scott drives Skylar to the station, and the police lead her into an interrogation room. Scott wants to go in with her, but police inform him that he can't. She's not a minor. Skylar is 18. He asks them if her daughter needs a lawyer. The police tell him that she doesn't. Detectives John Fain and Katie Gein read Skylar her rights and ask her if she is willing to talk to them and even get her to sign a statement indicating that she does not want an attorney for this interview. Now, curious listener, this is kind of shady on the part of the police, and I bet you were probably thinking that too. But to play devil's advocate, she is 18. She is an adult. She was told of her rights. She knows that she doesn't have to say anything and that she has the right to an attorney. So it's up to her to ask for one, right? And, you know, I'm sorry, but if you give birth to a baby and then bury it in the back fucking yard, you're an adult. I'm not handling you with kid gloves anymore. I'm sorry, you know? So, okay. I, I really don't have much sympathy for her at this point. She tells police the same story, that she gave birth to a dead baby and that she buried her in the backyard. But before she even gets into that, she says, my parents are going to kill me. I didn't want to tell them. This is what she's focusing on, not the horrific thing that she did. The interview continues and Skylar insists that she didn't kill the baby and that she doesn't want to go to jail. She keeps saying, I don't want to go to jail. Are you going to make me to go to jail? Are you going to take me to jail? Am I going to go to jail for this? Um, it, it, it's, it grosses me out. So anyway, she asserts that Annabelle, Annabelle is the name that she had given her daughter, was not breathing and had no heartbeat. Detectives leave the room and invite Skylar's parents to come in. Kim and Scott have been blindsided. They cannot believe that what their daughter has done, and they tell her that she should have told them. Um, Kim, I gotta say, seems more concerned about the family's reputation than the loss of a grandchild and the magnitude of what her daughter has done and what her daughter is going through. Um, you can watch the interview on Killer Cases on Peacock. Um, I'm not sure what episode number it is, but you can find it. It's Cheerleader Kills Baby or something like that. Um, I'm sure you can watch it on YouTube as well. I haven't looked on YouTube, but I'm sure it's there. So, you know, 
I encourage you to watch it, see what you think. Um, police let Skyler go home with her parents that day. In the meantime, they get a search warrant for the Richardson's backyard, and little Annabelle's remains are discovered. By this point, she's mostly all bones, and I will post a picture on Instagram where you can see the little bones. It's, it's heartbreaking. A forensic anthropologist named Dr. Elizabeth Murray examines the body and indicates that the bones appear to have some charring on them, which tells her that the body was burned. Did Skylar burn her? Was it possible that the baby was actually born alive? Police bring Skylar back in a second time for questioning. This time, Skylar says, quote, I think I might have killed her, end quote. She goes on to say that she thinks maybe she squeezed the baby too hard and killed her. She even says that she thinks that the baby may have moved a little bit. Detectives are, of course, floored at this. They have her on tape. She just confessed to murdering her newborn baby. But what about the burning? The charring? So when asked about the burning, Skylar at first denies lighting the baby on fire, the detectives are relentless, though, and they eventually get her to admit that she was trying to cremate the baby. If you get a chance, watch this interview, because it is 100% clear to me that Skylar had no fucking idea what the hell the detectives were talking about when they asked her about the fire. No idea. She didn't burn the baby. She did not light that baby on fire or try to. Detective John Fain and Detective Katie Gein coerced her. It's clear. They coerced her into saying that she tried to light the baby on fire with a lighter. With a lighter, for Christ's sake. Skyler's arrested and is indicted on charges of aggravated murder, involuntary manslaughter, child endangerment, and abuse of a corpse. The trial begins almost two years later. Prosecutor Stephen Kipper really hammers home the fact that Skylar seemed to care much more about herself and prom and her boyfriend and what she looked like than about her baby and what she did to her. Skylar had no remorse or qualms about burying her newborn baby in the backyard. She displayed no feelings of sadness or guilt afterwards. The defense, on the other hand, focused on the confession, insisting that it was coerced, that Skylar only said that she might have killed her baby because she thought that it, she said that the police would let her go home, right? Pardon me, I lost my train of thought there. Okay. Um, that she only agreed to speak to police without counsel because she truly believed that the police were there to help her. Uh, the defense points out that forensic anthropologist Dr. Murray, you remember her, would not be testifying at the trial because she had changed her opinion about the charring on the baby's bones. 
Dr. Murray says that upon further examination, what she thought was charring was in fact not. So she would not testify for the prosecution and say that the baby had been burned. But the prosecution doesn't give up on that idea, which I think was a really dumb move, a really dumb move. And as the defense attorney, Charles Ritgers, pointed out at the trial, the idea that that it's even possible to light a newborn baby on fire with just a lighter, given that a newborn is, you know, 80% water, basically, is, is just plain ridiculous. It's not really possible, is it? You know, you might burn them, but you're not going to light the body on fire. So to the point where the bones are burning, burned, right? All right. So at this point, curious listener, what do you think? Did Skylar Richardson kill her baby and then hastily bury her in the backyard because she viewed the baby as nothing more than a nuisance, a hindrance? in her life of boys and cheerleading and her, you know, enviable flat stomach. Is she that cold and unfeeling? Is she just a plain selfish murderer? Or conversely, was she just a kid who was scared to tell her parents that she was pregnant, a scared young girl who delivered a stillborn and then panicked and buried it? I got to tell you, I'm still on the fence. Well, sort of. I certainly don't believe that Skylar ever lit or tried to light the baby on fire. It's just fucking bullshit, bonkers, banana nut, you know, banana nutty. It's no. But I'm not convinced that the baby was dead when Skylar delivered her. I'm just not. And, you know, we'll we'll never really we'll never know the truth about that. Only Skylar knows that. Well, let's discuss what the jury thought. On the charge of aggravated murder, they found Skylar not guilty. On the charge of involuntary manslaughter, again, not guilty. Child endangerment, not guilty. This one, I disagree with. I I do. And finally, on the charge of abuse of a corpse, she was found guilty. Prior to sentencing Skylar, the judge said to her that he truly believed that if she had made better choices, that Annabelle would be alive. He described her as having, quote, a grotesque disregard for life, end quote. After all this admonishment, the judge still gives her a very light sentence, He sentences her to three years of basic supervision. So pretty much probation. Which to me does not seem like justice. So the body, the bones basically, of Annabelle were released to the Richardson family after the trial And the family had her interred in a cemetery a few miles from their home. As for Skylar, she's now in college and is said to visit Annabelle's grave regularly. 
she may be out of college by this point. Um, but in any event, she is said to visit the grave regularly, always bringing fresh flowers. And curious listener, I can't explain exactly why, but this really irked me when I heard it. Or, you know, when I learned of it. It, it just seems disrespectful somehow. And I don't know if for her, maybe it's like an act of atonement for having, you know, discarded her in such a way prior to this. And, and now she, you know, is kind of atoning by visiting and placing the flowers and, you know, like a normal, I shouldn't say normal, but like, you know, what would otherwise have happened with, you know, the death of a loved one. Um, it, it just, I just don't like it. It just leaves a bad taste in my mouth, so to speak. I, I really don't like it. <laughs> I just don't. So that is the case of Skylar Richardson. Until next time, curious listener. Bye.